Welcome to the Key of Life podcast, a show where we explore the limitless creative potential that exists within our human life, from birth to death, ancestry, and everything in between. Every human holds a key that opens a door of possibility to create, sustain, and transform within ourselves and with others. When we share our keys, we create deeper access to the keys within ourselves and open the doors of remembrance within others. I'm your gatekeeper and guide, Nanadua L. Key Hogg. Let's open the door together. Hello and welcome to the Key of Life podcast. Today we have Flo and special guest Amari in the building as well. And today we're going to be talking to Flo about how she basically manifested exactly the birth outside of the system of her baby of her dreams (laughs) so Flo is a mommy and she's just an incredible human being super sweet and super real and I'm happy to have her to speak on this also disclaimer slash for a warning it is thunder and lightning here so if you hear thunder cracks and stuff like that it is nature doing its thing so welcome Flo Hey, 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 it's Flo Fairy here. Um, I am a mother of three, and I also have a business called Glow with Flo. If you guys want to, you know, check that out, follow it. I'm going to be back up and posting on it once I'm, you know, all set it up with this baby because I just had him about a month ago. So, yes. Mm-hmm. Very fresh. Very fresh. So, let us know a little bit more about you and what initiated your journey into motherhood and that um well, it was just all like oops oops <laughs> but then it was just like the best oops you know like oh, yeah. i like i just love kids so much and i feel like every time i've ever had baby fever it was just like got pregnant like right away mm-hmm. like right away I just like love kids I've always loved kids uh, like growing up you know yeah and I was just I, I swear I, I feel like I was just made to be a mother because I feel like I'm such a good mommy and yeah I love being a mother mm-hmm. and the whole like you know giving birth breastfeeding even though it's like really annoying and hard but it's like so worth it yeah so tell us about this birth of your son, Amari, and how it differed from your previous births, maybe getting into some of the stories of what happened and all that. So I have three kids. The first one was a hospital birth. I'll just say like the first one, the second, the third. The second was a home birth with midwives. And then the third was a home, a free birth with no midwives. Mm-hmm. So basically my free birth, I just knew comparing it to my second birth like I had a home birth with the second but it was just didn't go the way I wanted it to go because the midwives kind of like you know took control and I just did not like that so then going this birth I don't know something just popped up I've been hearing a lot about free birth but I'm like oh my god that's so scary like how can women like you know how can people do this Mm -hmm. and then I ended up free birthing after like you know opening up my mind and doing a bunch of research and like shout out to the free birth society because you know I took their course and I was just like whoa this is freaking crazy you know mm-hmm. like it was amazing like everything that I thought I knew from my second birth I just learned so much more now because my second birth I thought I knew everything but really it was just like you know just like the baby 
and this time like you know the whole neck and how that's normal you know and like umbil umbilical cord being around the neck that's normal and like you know that's all variations of normal and I thought those things are like oh my god yeah so once I finished the whole course I'm like yeah I could definitely have the baby at home and I joined a bunch of Facebook groups of you know women free birthing and then their experiences and then I on Instagram my whole timeline was just woman free birthing like that's all I saw every day just women giving birth nobody there doing their own thing and I'm like yeah this is not scary at all like with my second it was COVID and I thought it was crazy that I was gonna have the baby at home yeah <laughs> you know but I was just like First of all, they want me to wear a mask in the hospital. So that was just like a big no for me. And then they said that only one person could come in. So it was either between my mom and my partner. And I'm like, I really want my mom there, you know? And I was like, okay, so I'm definitely having the baby at home, whatever. Even though I was like really scared, I started, you know, listening to affirmations. Like affirmations just deprogrammed me. I was like, okay, this is not scary. And then I got a doula. She was just really fucking annoying. But anyways, it's okay. Okay. <laughs> she just kept talking. But anyways, yeah. And then just the midwife just being very controlling. They're telling me to get out of the tub, telling me to put on a mask. I'm like, I'm not wearing a mask. This is my house. Like, you mm -hmm. know, it just kept, everybody just kept talking and it was just so annoying. Like I just kept getting into this zen of being you know, an outer body experience. And then I would just come right back to reality because everybody was just talking, talking over me. Oh, mm -hmm. get out of the tub. Oh, I have to check your heart tone. Oh, I have to do this, blah, 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 you know? Mm -hmm. It was just really annoying. And after my second son came out, she panicked and she ended up cutting the cord. And I found out that, you know, the babies, they breathe through their cords, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, they receive oxygen through their cords. I was so mad once I found that out in the Free Birth Society, then... A lot of this triggering stuff ha came back up from my last birth. And then I realized, wow, my last birth wasn't really that great, you know? Yeah. But it was still good, you know? My baby came out fine and stuff. And then, so then this birth, how everything went down. I basically wanted to have a free birth. That's what I wanted to do. Partner was like, you know, maybe there's a way we can do it where the midwives can stay in another room. So, like, we talked to the midwives, you know, we were open to them. And then they were basically telling us, like hey, we can't do this because this is out of our books. Like, if anything happens, mm -hmm. I'm going to get fired. Thing, yeah. You know? Like, they're straight up with us. They're like, so we can't do that. Like, maybe if we can kind of watch you, but we won't talk. And I'm like, no, like, I don't want you guys anywhere near me at all. And they're like, you know, we respect that. And it just came to a point where she was just like, you know, I feel like you can just, you can do it. You know, you this is your third wow. baby. The midwife said that to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. She's like, she's waiting she's like I feel like you can do it um like I just obviously I can't grant your wishes because I can get fired and I'll you know I have seven kids whatever you know yeah yeah and then after it was just my partner who was scared you know mm -hmm. the beginning of my whole birth I was trying to like push on him oh like watch this free birth stuff but he was just so busy with work yeah so then I went to a woman's circle and then this my soul sister I call her mm -hmm. she was basically stop pushing him your birth is gonna flow the way you want it to flow just envision the birth you want and just go from there because if you keep putting that energy out there then that energy is gonna come to your birth right mm -hmm. so nagging him because i was like nagging him like crazy you know yeah like watch this watch that blah, blah, blah. you're gonna be mind blown anyways i just said fuck it whatever he doesn't want to listen to any of this shit <laughs> I just went, you know start envisioning the birth that i wanted and 
started getting in tune with that, you know, set up my birthplace, I got the affirmations going, set up my birth playlist, and I listened to my birth playlist every night before, like, you know, going to bed, like, it was a part of my night ritual, saying my affirmations, listening to my birth playlist, and then once my birth started, I, my water broke, and it's so crazy because my water broke with all three of my kids without having contractions, isn't that, isn't that like 10% of women only? Yeah, it's very rare, but it's, it's very normal, you know, that's just how your body goes into labor. My midwife even said, I don't think it's going to happen the third time. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, historically speaking, <laughs> it has happened. So, Yeah, so then it happened with, with Amari again. And then I was like, okay, so I know the baby's going to come soon. So then I called my doula. I said, you know, let's go, come over. She came over. And then once my birth started, like, picking up towards the night, like, I started getting more, like, contractions or surges <laughs> they started being they started spacing out like 15 minutes apart and then they started picking up heavier and then there was this one point where I was hanging out with all of my kids and then my contractions completely stopped you know like they just stopped mm -hmm. and you know like the whole hormonal matrix you know yeah so it just stopped uh, and then I was like okay so I guess my, my birth is not happening now and then I got into got back into my room, you know, dim, the lights were all dim and then they started picking up again. And then after I started doing nipple stimulation, my partner, you know, started, you know, it's like, no, like, so when I say they started coming out so fast and so painful, I was like, ow, stop. Okay. Like, then I was like, fuck, why did I do this? Yeah. Like started getting scared, but I'm like, okay, whatever. Let me just keep going. And then after like a few hours, I told my doula Iza to come in to like, you know, massage me, then my mom. And then after a while, I was like, okay, there's too much people I want. I just wanted to be alone during my contractions. Mm -hmm. so I was like, you alone, breathing through it. My mom even was like, I don't think you're going to go into labor tonight. Like, this doesn't look like real contractions. And I'm thinking in my head, like, this is real contractions. Like, what are you trying to tell me? Yeah. You, know? mm -hmm. you don't look like somebody who's having contractions. And I'm like, because I'm not screaming because I was, you know, breathing through them. So then once I felt like I knew that I was transitioning because in my head, I kept saying, oh, my God, fuck, why am I doing this? I don't want to do this anymore, you know? And then I told my partner, like, fill up the birth pool. And then I got in and then I was like, you know, I got into the phase of the pushing part. Mm -hmm. But then nobody knew I was like hiding it from my partner and my mom. Like I told him, get my, get the doula, get my mom, fill up the birth tub. Then I told Idol, go get my tripod, set up the camera. And then between that time span of setting, her setting up the camera, it was only 20 minutes and the baby came. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, and then after my mom comes in, she's like, how far apart are your contractions? And I'm just there, like, just like, shh. <laughs> my mom get the drum. She's like drumming. And then my partner's just laying on the bed thinking the baby's not coming. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just there like, fuck, this baby's coming soon. Yeah. So like, you know, the pushing, I'm like pushing the baby out. I poop in the water. And then there was this one point where he came around. I, yeah. I told him to start cleaning the poop. Mm -hmm. Then he came and I was like, I whispered and I was like, the baby's coming, go get a flashlight, a towel. And he, he like panicked. He was like, what? And I was like, yeah, don't panic. Everything is going to be okay. You know, we're going to do this together. And then, yeah, like a few pushes. And then he literally like, when I say he flew out, he fucking just, just flew out of me. I was going to have the ring of fire again. Did not have the ring of fire. He just, wow. And there was this when he was going through my birth canal. And I was looking at one of my affirmations. I forgot what it said. And I just said, fuck, yes. It just, it felt so good, which is so weird to say, but it just felt so good. And I just felt like, mm -hmm. yes, I'm doing this. I'm going to catch my own baby. You know, I was like so excited. And then in the video, my partner was trying to grab him. And I was like, no, 
I'm going to get him. You yes. know, like, and I just felt so empowered and like so, 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 so happy. Like so freaking happy. Mm-hmm. And then I flew out. And then I was like, okay, let me check him, you know, hoping it was a, a girl, even though I found <laughs> him the ultrasound, it was a boy. But anyways, I checked him, it was a boy, confirmed. Yeah, it was just like so freaking beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's how my birth, that's how it went down. Amazing. And I love, I love the shift from this is so scary to, of course, yes, I can do this. Yeah, it was, it was really big and it. It only took me five months for that shift. <laughs> Not that long. <laughs> yeah, but like for for other women too, like it takes a lot longer for that shift as well. So it's yeah. I think that that's amazing. Like five months or or not. Like yeah. the fact yeah, well, that I feel like we're pregnant for nine months. Like and the nine months is like you know, like when you run a marathon, you just don't run it, right? You practice for it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that nine months of us being pregnant, we have to literally prepare physically, mentally, you know? And that's exactly what you were doing with your affirmations and making sure that every fear that was still existing inside of your your conscious brain and your subconscious brain was being filtered out and dissolved. And that's so incredibly powerful. Something I want to speak to as well is how a lot of women believe that when they hire midwives to be at their birth, that, you know, like, it's going to be like what you experience. Like, I'm going to catch my baby. Like, they're just not going to do anything. And we can't. We won't let you unless you you get lucky. Exactly. And in Canada, we have like a very strongly ingrained licensure Thing because the midwives are licensed with the government of Canada so they literally there is no leeway there is no leeway and like the those midwives even said to you like we will get fired if we do this we cannot do it you know th- these women are and I'm so happy that you got the midwives that you got because not a lot of midwives will say to you like oh yeah I think you can do this and like just accept that you're probably not going to call them a lot of midwives will try to like contort your your brain and gaslight you into doing things that you don't want to do and having a birth experience that you don't want to have simply because they're going to get paid more for being there, you know, and simply because they have to maintain their licensure or they already have like a pre-programmed thing in their brain about birth where they think that free birth and stuff like that is dangerous or they don't trust birth. So I'm yeah. incredibly grateful that there was that shift in you and you stood for exactly what you wanted to see for your birth. I think it's incredible. Yeah, thank you. Like my birth plan, like I because sh- I wrote down a whole birth plan because I wanted to kind of, you know, be sneaky about it, not tell them what I wanted to do. And then my partner was like, yeah, like, you know, let's just tell them and see what they say. And then so my, I told my partner to do all the talking, you know, so he was just talking to them. He's like, this is how we want it. Um, she's going to write a birth plan. And my birth plan was so like to the T. I don't know where it is right now, but I basically wrote no cervical checks, no checking heart tones, unless I want you to check the heart tones uh, no walking into the room. Um, my placenta is going to stay attached and, you know, no, like basically no medicine, no vitamin K shot. Basically you can't be in the room unless I call you. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. 
and then they were like we can't do that and then the only problem she had was the whole heart tone she's like i feel like i i need to check the heart tones blah 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 blah, blah. and then she told me about one birth where she you know didn't check the heart tones and then something happened and i was like okay but that's your fear yeah like don't put your fear onto mm-hmm. me and she's like right, that is my fear and i'm like yeah and they didn't really say anything about the placenta or the vitamin k which i was like really shocked about they, they basically saw my birth plan and they're like yeah we can't really follow this mm-hmm. yeah the thing too like the i love that there was even that moment that you had to stand for yourself like I'm seeing all this as an opportunity for you to voice all of the things that you didn't get to voice in your last birth with midwives you know like you you had an opportunity now to be like no like I don't want you in my space I don't Mm -hmm. want you to be all up whatever on me and as a result what you created for yourself was exactly that. They were nowhere to, they were nowhere to be found in the space, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like my last birth, I guess between these births, like I was saying before, I know so much now. Like my last birth, I watched, you know, that documentary, The Business of Being Born, mm-hmm. and how they were like, oh, like the OBs and then the midwives. And that's why I was like, you know, midwives are better until I found out that they're, you know, they have their rules that they have to abide by, which is, you know, whatever him being attached to me was like the number one most important thing you know that's what I really wanted like even with my first birth that I, I had a hospital birth and he was attached to me mm-hmm. so I was like you know like this baby's gonna be attached to me too and no like she cut him and I was just like so devastated and I wanted him to do the breast crawl he didn't do any of that mm. and like my hospital birth I got the breast crawl they didn't wipe him uh he was attached to me and I was like 21 years old wow and I had like a really good midwife because she was really old. I feel like the older the midwife, the better, you know? <laughs> well, I that's, know. I, I kind of feel the same way in a sense where they, they're coming from a time where they're, they weren't licensed with the government before. So they actually have, I'll say an understanding of birth, but still a fear of it because of that licensure um, revoking aspect of if they do things the way that they've been doing it before licensure, they're going to get effed over by the government and thrown in jail, whatever fears they have. Because with my second birth, she was young. She was like maybe a few years older than me. And something else that I really loved in your story was this just like accepting that it's fine that my husband isn't all up in the free, like wanting to know all of this information about free birth and birth and whatever, and just accepting that and still sticking to your vision that you had in your mind. Yeah. Because another thing that happens really frequently um, in all birth spaces, even out of the system births, is women really, really trying to like force their vision of their birth onto their partner instead of just taking their birth into their own hands, you know? And I think your story is a perfect example of like, yeah, just take your birth into your own hands, take radical responsibility of your birth and what you want for yourself. And that is what you will get. My partner said to me, he was like, you know, I just don't like seeing you in pain. And like, I would just feel more comfortable with the midwife being there. And I'm pretty sure most men are like that like they don't want to see their wives or girlfriends and like a lot of pain and then if there's somebody there then it's like okay they're safe you know what I mean mm-hmm. like back in the day men were never even 
around the birth space, right? Yeah, most of the time, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just like, mm, there's a reason why they were not there. <laughs> yeah. It's a and it's a woman's space. And, exactly. uh, and another part is a lot of when men see that they can't do anything about something is when when the fear starts to set in for a lot of them. So yeah. that's that's why I can see why there's that that thinking that they need an external person there with them because they they don't know. They don't know what to do to to help fix it, but there's no fixing what's going on. There's nothing that needs to be fixed. This is just the process of your body giving birth to your baby. Yeah, my brain is all about fixing stuff too. So that's like <laughs> that's like perfect you said that. So after you gave birth without the midwives there or anything, how is your partner now feeling and seeing? Yeah, he was just like, yeah, like I I totally get it. Like, you know, you were right. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Uh yeah, he just basically said, like, you know, like I, I apologize, like, you know, that I wasn't on board with it and like now seeing how birth was, how calm I was, you know, he was just like, it's just a normal thing kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like my next birth. Yeah. I feel like I don't even want anybody there at that point to be by myself. Mm-hmm. Not mom, nobody. And then have like a postpartum doula. Yeah. Put all that money into a postpartum doula. Have a postpartum doula for like a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I'm totally, I'm totally into that. And yeah, I love that he even took accountability and was like, yeah, I'm sorry for thinking that you couldn't do it on your own and that like I wasn't on board and stuff like that. That's incredibly amazing. And <laughs> I love that. I was more in distress during my birth because I was like really relaxed. Mm-hmm. Then like, OK, he would be panicking, but he was just laying on the bed. He was watching me. He's like, you know, she's OK. She's safe. Like, even after I gave birth, he's like, I didn't think the baby was going to come today. Yeah. But you did. (laughs) You knew exactly what was happening throughout. Honestly, like, I'm so happy that my births go by really fast. Like, even with my first one, it was pretty fast. So I was like, he's probably going to come even faster. Like, the way he just flew out of me was like, it was crazy. Yeah, it's that that fetal ejection response. And when birth is left alone, that allows yeah. it to occur, you know? Yeah, oh my God, no, this one, like, I didn't have the ring of fire at all. And I'm like, oh my God, because I thought I was going to have the ring of fire. And no, it was just slip. Mm-hmm. It was amazing, honestly. I, I have it all, I recorded it. I want to post it online, but I was just like, I feel like I need to talk about my birth story first. So I I feel really good talking about it right now. Yay. I'm so happy that this is your opportunity to to do that. Yeah, I love that. And I also love how you mentioned that it was just so normal, you know, and even your partner was like, yeah, it was just, it just looked normal because it is normal. This is a normal thing that happens. Like women give birth. (laughs) It's not even that they said it looked normal. Like my mom said, you didn't look like somebody who's giving birth. My partner said, you didn't look like the baby was going to come today. For them, it's like my mom still has that mentality where when you're in labor, you're supposed to be yelling, you're supposed to be screaming. And every birth that she came to, even my hospital birth, she's like, I've never experienced this before. And now she's saying, oh, your next birth, you guys are going to probably do it outside in the jungle. Like I wouldn't even be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) Giving you ideas. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Everyone births differently. It's not always yelling and screaming. If you need that, sure, great. 
but it's not always that. And it sounds like you really prepared yourself to just be deeply in your body. Like doing low, mm, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, instead of like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> and isn't that like when you're screaming, like your body goes into the, you get like a lot of cortisol or something, and then yeah. your body goes to like fight or flight. Yep. And your body's like, oh my God, she's under attack. A lot of like the low, it's kind of like a cow sound. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. tell me a bit about your postpartum and the differences in your postpartum for your other two babies and this one here. Yeah. So my other two postpartums, like everything I was doing, like patsicles, and I felt like I didn't heal properly, you know, and I was just eating cold food. Like my second baby, I was resting because I, uh, thankfully my partner had like, like a lot, I had a lot of support. Like somebody was here, like helping me with the baby, making sure I was fed, making sure I was sleeping. Uh, My first, I was just basically alone. I was depressed. I was eating quinoa. That's all I was eating was just basically quinoa. Wow. (laughs) I know. I mean, high in protein, but you need other things for sure. Third, I had Evel, you know Evel. Mm-hmm. She made me a lot of like bone broths. She told me about yoni steaming, so I was doing that. And then my postpartum bleeding stopped in like two weeks, which is crazy. The red blood stopped, and it was just like the dark blood that was just the leftovers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, my midwife was like, "Even if you walk around," and I was like, "Yeah, even when I walk around, there's no blood." And she's like, "Oh, that's strange." And I'm just like, "Okay, no, it's like, it's... like I just healed so fast down there, like mm-hmm. so fast." And I was also belly binding. Yeah. And I noticed like with my last birth, I had like diastas recti or some shit like that. Like, you know, when you have a split in your abdomen. Yeah. And then with this birth, it healed because I, you know, I had. Wow. Yeah. With the. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then I was doing the moxibustion too. And like, like, oh my God, this postpartum was just like incredible. Like with all the foods I was eating, the wrapping, the yoni steaming. Like now I'm telling everybody, I'm like, you need to get a yoni steaming. You need to wrap your stomach. Like just keep talking about that. Yeah. It's like, it's like game changer, especially with the diastas stomach problem thing. <laughs> yeah, that's like, wow. And I think this is also a testament to that as soon as you begin taking on postpartum, in a way that's physiologically conducive to healing it like literally can shift and remedy any previous things in the body connected to your previous births and you know what's so crazy okay i don't know if this is all connected but i had a wart that i had for so long and i've been trying to get rid of it and i don't know why but it's fucking gone wow i know i just realized i'm like where the fuck did it go it was like literally Okay. But I had this for a a really, really long time. I've tried everything to get rid of it. Everybody's like, go to a dormitologist. I'm like, okay, I'll go. But like, just never had time to go. It could very well be connected. I am not sure. I know in German new medicine, it's like whenever there's some sort of bump or skin thing that's happening, it's like a protective response that your body developed from some sort of past trauma that occurred. So I'm thinking possibly if it is connected to your birth, that it's like whatever whatever trauma response created that wart, it there was a there was a shift in your body, in your emotions, in your energy to where you were like, 
this this will never happen again and your body was like okay we no longer need to create this protective barrier of this wart we're going to dissolve it now and it was like it's like the the response was resolved you know i was just thinking about it the other day i'm like where the fuck did my wart go (laughs) no like i was so shocked yeah i love every part of your story and i remember watching your instagram story and there was one of your affirmations and you're posting like some photos of you giving birth and stuff like that and we're mentioning that though even the position that you gave birth in was like the exact position of this one affirmation card and i was like wow no it was my screensaver i had a screensaver on my phone and it was this girl she was basically like on her knees and then she was you know catching her baby mm-hmm. and was on my screen for like maybe five months and I just always looked at it and I was like you know this is how I'm gonna give birth and like people are looking at me like what the fuck like why is that your screensaver I'm like <laughs> how I want to give birth anyways everybody thought I was crazy until I gave birth that way <laughs> yeah that's incredible I was on my knees and then the baby just like flew out and like caught him like it was crazy that my partner it was even trying to catch the baby I was like no I'm gonna do it mm-hmm. yeah I'm, like, so happy I said that yeah I'm so happy too it's like your mama instincts of no this is my baby like and that's a part of the postpartum like direct postpartum experience as well as soon as your baby comes out there has to be this moment of you claiming your child literally mm-hmm. And that that sounds like your moment to me, like of like, no, this is my baby. I'm claiming my baby. Don't touch my baby. I will catch my baby. Even though I called him an it, because in the video <laughs> I was watching, I was like, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it, or I'm gonna catch it, or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> incredible. And how's the integration been with your other two kids with this new baby in their world now? Well, the the oldest was just like, why isn't it a girl? We already have another boy, you know. But they they they're just they're feeling it. They they like him, you know. Like yeah. they're like they're okay with him. There's nobody jealous. Mm-hmm. Okay with him, they give him kisses and stuff. Oh, amazing! Yeah, and I have extra support this time, so it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, not going crazy. <laughs> exactly. You have extra support, and that's another thing that I want to touch on too is. This whole like shaming of women for getting support for their other children is like, what's the need for that? What's the need for that? Because historically, we have always operated in villages where there was that support. Mm-hmm. And it's perfect to hire someone to support you with your kids. Like, it's important, you know? The whole 40 day rule, like, my mom was telling me about that with my first. She's like, in Somalia, you know, we just stay home people help us the mom is not allowed to leave for 40 days and I'm like well I'm here by myself and I had my baby in the summer so I'm like I know what makes me happy is going outside and I had no help right so I'm like the more I go outside the better I am but it took me forever to heal I don't even think I healed down there properly then I had my next baby so yeah so like down there is like from all the past births it's like the best it's ever been yeah yeah, because your body, you're allowing your body to have that integration from what you just experienced. And I was in this class with Kimberly Ann Johnson the other day, and 
she mentioned how birth is this shamanic journey, not verbatim, but I'm paraphrasing, how birth is this shamanic journey that women go on for the entire community. And when you aren't held postpartum, when someone isn't there to receive you after that shamanic journey, there's a lot of issues that can come about, whether it be emotional, physical, you know, mental, because there's no one there to receive all of the, for lack of better term, downloads and stories and like emotions and all of that experience, all that you got from that shamanic journey, nobody is there to receive that, you know, and then it just stays in your body. So when you have someone there to receive that and also someone there to be massaging you and and giving you yoni steam blends and like bone broths yeah no it's crazy because now i'm always telling everybody like you need to have postpartum support doesn't matter how your birth goes make sure somebody's there because you could go into depression you know you can and just because you don't go into depression now it'll just keep up on you later and something else i want to point out too is how you mentioned in your first birth because no one was there how you mentioned in your first birth how no one was really there so you really made it a point to go outside and because that was all you knew for how how to make yourself feel better and I think that really shows how having support there versus not having support there isn't is greatly impactful when you don't have support there you're you're then you feel forced to have to you know, go outside and do all of the things because you literally have to to survive. You know, when other people are there to catch you, it relieves you of this pressure of the survival mode and puts you into healing and integration mode. You know, like you allow your body to move out of the fight or flight survival mode that your body naturally goes into while you're in birth because it's such a vulnerable experience mentally spiritually bodily and allows you to move back into that state of nervous system calm where you can heal you know and you can restore (laughs) your body no like this time around like my I can just tell physically mentally everything like I just feel like 100% Mm-hmm. and it's just me talking about my birth that was I felt like it was trapped in me that I needed to talk about it more yeah so so I hope a lot of people listen to this and get some you know inspiration and stuff me too and thank you so much for reaching out and being like I want to talk about my birth because I wanted to hear about your birth to be honest too because I was like oh my gosh yay she had her baby I want to know <laughs> so this was I got equally as much from this as you getting to like share so I'm very grateful something else I want to ask was what was your favorite part of the birth experience and yeah describe that for me (laughs) when I was when I said um remember when I felt like his I felt him coming through the birth canal and it was my body just pushing on its own I didn't have to do any of the pushing so like his head w- went down the birth canal, then it kind of went back up. And then I felt I felt it going, like, you know, down again. And then at one point I was just like, fuck yes. Like, you know, I was like so happy that I was doing this. Like I, I had a little bit of fear. And then I looked around, I was reading the affirmation 
forgot what the affirmation said, but it was like, my body was made to do this, something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, Fuck yeah. And then it was like up and down, up and down. And then the next time he just like slipped out. But that that was definitely like my favorite part of the birth. Yay, that's so powerful. And it shows how important it is to set your space to be conducive to what you want to experience in your space like you had your affirmations there as a reminder you had people there that you weren't afraid of like if you can shit in front of somebody then yeah you can have them at your birth (laughs) (laughs) literally yeah (laughs) yeah like I can shit in front of my mom I can shit in front of I I wouldn't mind shitting in front of Ilal she's fine (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and my partner, obviously. And yeah, and my placenta too. I birthed my placenta by myself. Mm-hmm. This was way different than my last two births. Like the placenta thing was so different because with my last two, they did the whole, you know, fundal massage. I felt like that hurt more than the labor itself. Like I was in so much pain. I was like crying. And they call it a massage. And it's like, it's not a massage. On your stomach. And it's so freaking painful. And this time I was like, no, there's no way that that shit's happening to me again. I'm doing it by myself. And I'm not going to lie. I was a little scared of birthing the placenta. Mm-hmm. And like, because I was trying to birth it. It was just me, Idol, my mom. Like, they were all trying to help me. But then I just had this fear in the back of my mind. Like, oh, my God, I have to do this again, you know? And then once the midwife came, I was like, okay, let me go on top of, like, to the, the toilet. So I went on the toilet because the placenta was in me for, like, maybe, like, two hours. And I went on to the toilet. I got like a bowl. I put it under me and I had um, an affirmation in the bathroom. I said something about fear and I was reading it, reading it. And then my midwife even said, she was like, just tell your placenta you're ready for it to come, you know? And I was like, yeah. So I was just talking to my placenta. I'm like, you know, I'm ready for you to come. Just come. And then he just, it just like, bloop, just came out. No pain, nothing. Mm-hmm. Just like it was flop. Nice. <laughs> And yeah. um, so just so that I'm clear on the story. So the um, after after you'd had the baby, the midwives then come afterwards. And it came like two hours after. Two hours after. Mm-hmm. My partner called and then she talked to me. She's like, do you want me to come today or do you want me to come tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And I was like, come tomorrow. My partner's like, please, no, come right now. Come right Okay. <laughs> so then they came. She came by herself. Yeah, she came. Mm-hmm. So she came. And when you were birthing the placenta, you were in the bathroom by yourself? No, because I was still attached to the baby. So my partner was like holding the baby and then he's like right in front of me. Okay. And I was just on the toilet. It was like really cute. And I had the a metal bowl like ready to catch the placenta. Got it. Okay. So it was you and your partner in that space together. Yeah, we were in the space together. It was so nice. I wish I had. I wish I took a picture. I was like, this is nice. Mm-hmm. Right in front of me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Baby, trying to get close because the cord was pretty short. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think that's incredible. And I love how you even mentioned that you thought that you were kind of afraid or like you yeah, were kind of afraid. Like, Fuck. Oh, you know, I don't want to do this. I was creeped out. And then. <laughs> I guess I was trying to do it, trying to squat or trying to stand up. And I didn't really have the energy to do any of that. And then I wanted to go on the toilet. But then I'm like, okay, but the cord is too short. How am I going to do it? So when the midwife came and she said, 
try to go on the toilet, you know? And I was like, that was my first thought. But then I was like, how am I going to do it? So anyways, I ended up doing it because my bathroom was really small. So whatever. We made it work. And then the placenta came out. So then, yeah, like this time around, like I just felt so proud because that's what I wanted to do initially mm-hmm. was like on my own terms yeah and you totally did that and I'm even seeing this shift with the placenta because that's oftentimes what happens when women when it's like a it's becoming a little bit longer than you'd expect for the placenta to come out for like women to expect their placenta to come out I should say is there's this underlying fear yeah there's this underlying fear this underlying inability or refusal to to complete the process in some sort of way like they're still holding on to some aspect of the pregnancy some aspect of the birth and as soon as there's that moment of just letting it go then the placenta comes yeah. out you know and and like you said like a plot <laughs> and it just goes to show what's possible when again you leave birth alone and you're in a space where it's completely you, where your birth is completely you. So I want to talk yeah, about go my ahead. hospital birth. So with my hospital birth and the placenta, she basically said that I had blood clots, which I found it's out normal. is normal to have a little yeah. bit of blood clots, right? So then going into my second birth, I was like, oh yeah, my first birth, I had blood clots when I was giving birth, you know, and then she gave me two shots of the what is it, the Pitocin? And then that shit was so fucking painful. Like, just... And then her massaging the belly and then, like... Let's not even call this a massage. Like, this is a this is a fundal... Yeah, it's abuse. abuse. <laughs> Literally. It hurt so much. And in the hospital, no, because it, it was the nurses that were doing it, they didn't even... They did it even worse because they were, like, pushing down and then she just kept coming back every, like, minute. Oh, I have to do it again. I was like, oh, do you have to? Like, I don't want you to... Like I have to do it. Pushing on my freaking stomach. Oh my god, that was traumatizing. My first birth, it was like I, I, and I held on to that, and now I finally, I felt like I finally released it because now I don't, I don't get weird feelings or anything. I'm just like, okay, it happened, mm-hmm. and it's over. You there. dissolved it, and you allowed it to stay in the past where it belongs, literally. And then with the second, it was the same thing, and I have a video too. When they're massaging my stomach, my, I, I hear my sister and my mom. They're like, oh, you're doing it. And I'm like, I just gave birth. Why do I have to? What mm-hmm. am I doing? You know, like now looking back on it, you know, because I was in a lot of pain and like my family could see that I was in a lot of pain. But they're like trying to encourage me, like, you know, you're so strong. Yeah. Keep going. And I'm like, OK, I'm strong. But oh, my God, it was so painful. Like, yeah. Fuck. So this time, no pain. Yeah, I'm so happy <laughs> for you. And. Another thing I want to bring up too is it's hard for anyone that you love to see you in pain and like I can see I can see why they were like yeah like trying to keep you strong in that moment because there was literally nothing else that they could do for you in that moment the hospital had already decided for you that they were going to yeah. fundle abuse you No but this the second was my home birth Well the midwife had already decided that she was going to fundle abuse you She's like, I have to press on. Like, isn't there another way you can do it without pressing? Yeah, you could literally just not press on her stomach. (laughs) There's no way the the placenta could come out. No, there isn't. Kept pressing on it, and I'm like, why isn't the placenta coming out? Oh, maybe you need another shot of pitocin. And then my dumbass, my partner was like, "Are you sure you want it?" I was like, "I don't know." You're not a dumbass. (laughs) You know, you just didn't know. You didn't know. You you thought she was there to help you, when really it really sounds like this person just 
lacked an understanding of how birth works and believe that your body can't release the placenta that it grew that it's meant to release which makes absolutely no sense why why would your body create something that's meant to be released from your body and then not do that you know like that's just that's not how the body works <laughs> you know and then another thing that my midwife said for my home birth my second baby she was like, oh, if you don't use the bathroom, uh, we're going to have to go to the hospital because... And I was like, what the fuck? If I don't use the bathroom, we have to go to the hospital? They're like, yeah. And then after I use the bathroom, she's like, oh, we were just trying what? to scare you. Right? Wow. I wow. Know. I know. It's this, like, this lying to women, this... Yeah, it's just lying to women, literally. Lying to women that they care about your birth when really they just care about maintaining their licensure so that they can get paid a lot of them which is incredibly sad i know that part i was my partner was so mad I exactly was so and mad it's like they time. they pass it off as this ha 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 when it's like it's not ha 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 it's not ha 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 this is someone's birth experience that you're fucking with and you know what's so crazy i've i've had bladder issues after that birth too so i feel like they put fear like, it all made me realize, like, they probably put, like, you know, some yeah. fear into you. internalized just... fear. Internalized fear of, like, oh, my gosh, yeah. if I don't have to pee, if I don't go pee right now, something's going to happen to me. Like, I will be harmed. Yeah, that's what I thought. And I'm, like, I would have to go to the hospital. Oh, my God, this is so crazy. And after they said that, I was just, like, what? And I kind of just, like, put it over my head and until my partner brought it up when we were talking about our home birth. And then he was, like, yeah, I got so mad when she said that. And I was, like, oh. Yeah, like what the fuck? And then it made me realize like yeah. that was fucked up. That it's she fucked said up that, that she know? said that. And even as you said, like you had bladder issues after that birth. And it really goes to show how trauma is stored in the body and shows itself in certain ways that we we won't even connect until we go back to those places and are like, oh, this happened right after this particular birth. This didn't happen with my other pregnancy when it didn't happen like that, when I wasn't being forced to go to the bathroom against my will or my birth vision would be corrupted. Like, that's incredibly, that's sick. That's literally sick. I know, I know. No, thank you for mentioning it. And I think <laughs> it's going to connect a lot of dots for other women who've probably had similar experiences, so... Yeah. So I feel really good and complete about ending it here. Do you have anything else that's like really on your mind and heart to share? Uh, no, I don't think so. Cool. All right. Thank you so, so much for this chat and this conversation. I loved hearing your story. I loved seeing all of the shifts from your different births and postpartums and yeah thank you so much thank you guys i hope you guys enjoy this yeah i hope so too <laughs> peace if you loved what you heard today please let me know by giving the podcast some love in the reviews liking commenting and sharing with someone you love as well as always, too, you can connect with me on Instagram at Key of Life Birthkeeper and with any of my guests with their information and details located in the description. Until next time, Ashe.